Hello and a very warm welcome to another edition of the Drinks Break podcast. Once again, in the hot seat is me, Charlie, and I hope I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. Mark, are you there on the line, mate? You are, yeah. Back on uh, back on headsets, back in our, our own little rooms. Not uh, not within the, the confines of the same room like we had been the last couple of podcasts, but, um, but getting there again. Yeah, absolutely. And we apologise if there's any lag or any interruptions during the podcast today when we're together there's no lag or anything there's no audio issues but obviously we're using internet and a different system so we apologize if there's any interruptions we do our best with the um i can't get my words out now mark editing that's the <laughs> word there we go the editing but yeah mark does a great job with that so apologies if there's any lag or anything during it hello mark how you keeping mate yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah, like I say, obviously we're back in lockdown now. It's been a, it's a couple of days for us, but um, we, we've, we've still got football to keep us sane, which is the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. And for all our listeners out there, we hope you stay safe and everyone's okay. With this lockdown coming, it gives us a time to produce more content. So hopefully we can get you through the next four weeks or however long it will be during these uncertain times. We'll look to get more podcasts out for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, like I say, we've, we'll see this on Friday afternoon at some point. We filmed yesterday on Thursday night doing a football tenable quiz, which has been backed by popular demand. So we hopefully get that out for you on Monday or Tuesday, and we're really looking forward to obviously doing more content. So like I say, we always say it at the end, but I'm going to say it now. I'll reiterate it. If you want to be involved, because there's certainly opportunities to come on, just give us a message on Facebook or Twitter. You know, Share whatever you want to do. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. So give us a listen, give us a share, and we hope you would like to come on at some point in any capacity. Good stuff, Mark. So let's get into this week's podcast. Now, this is your preview and review from the last seven days and the weekend going ahead before we have the international break, Mark. Another one. Good stuff. I always love an international break, don't you? I cannot wait for the international break. <laughs> I hope I hope people can detect the sarcasm in our voice. Yeah, I hope they would. So <laughs> let's get into this week's podcast, Mark. Um, we're going to start off with Manchester United. Now, if you didn't see their result last week, they were beaten 1-0 at home by Arsenal and also lost on Wednesday night in the Champions League to Istanbul and Bakasakshir. I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies to anyone listening. They also lost in Champions League. Now, Mark, Given their form at the minute, we spoke about them the other week. They had a fantastic run of three or four games. But once again, they're being brought back down to earth again. Currently sat low down the league in 15th with only seven points after six games. Should he be worried again, Solskjaer? It shows how quickly football can turn on a dime, can't it? We were highly praising praising United and highly praising the results that they picked up in the Champions League and, and, and even their performances to an extent in the Premier League um, and then you, you go and get two poor results and, and not just results, it's two poor performances neither of them um, were good in my opinion it, it was very much back to kind of the United that, we, um, that we've sort of seen probably over the last you know, basically since Ollie's been there really with, you know, with a few spells here and there and um, and it goes back to being troubling times, and 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 you see the reports again in the media that his job is is under scrutiny, um, and it's the next game against Everton that's coming up on Saturday could be his last one. He's been given the backing, apparently, you know, according to um, according to Sky Sports and whatnot. Uh, chairman's given him his backing once again, and um, you just you, you do wonder how long it can go on for. You know, eventually it's going to have to stop surely isn't it I think it's very tough for an ex-player to obviously manage a club because the fans love him already but when you become a manager of your club and you go on that sort of period where you're being defeated you know the, the fans sort of start to turn on you so you lose a bit of that reputation you've had as a club legend but fair play to the board if they want to back him but this is Manchester United this is not you know, Salford City, you are the next Manchester team, obviously lower down, managed by the class of 92. You know, you need to have stability at Man United. You need to be able to um, battle for titles, trophies, everything. But at the minute, they're just not doing it, are they? 
No, like you say, you know, there is an added pressure when when you are a former player um, in charge. Just, you know, Ollie's not the only one going through it at the moment. Frank Lampard's doing the same at Chelsea. Um, I think what's different there is that Chelsea have a bit of a a bit more of a set expectation. I think with with, yeah. a, with a bit more of a younger squad, um, and and they're going to give Frank that little bit more time to let things click together, and they are still producing results at the same time whereas it's not quite happening that way for Ollie and like you say Manchester United expect to be in the title hunt um even with squad and even with the the way that things are at the moment they do expect to be up there in that sort of top two battle um and and when it is you know with Ollie the thing is his managerial experience has never spoke volumes anyway we've always said that it hasn't spoken volumes so you know, I could still go back to when he was appointed and still think it was a little bit absurd he was appointed in the first place. Um, and, and I think it's coming back to haunt them a little bit at the moment. Do you think the change is needed or do you reckon give them a bit more time? I think, I think the performance and the result against Everton is going to be a crucial one. That's probably all I could say at the moment. I think it's good. I think that result and that performance that they get on Saturday afternoon is going to be crucial. I think it's an interesting one for me personally because if you look at Man United, I don't really sack managers early in the season. It's normally after Christmas. So I might have a feeling maybe get to Christmas and see where they are from there. But if I was a board director at some capacity, I think we should be questioning his future going forward because the performance against Bakashir the other day in the Champions League was a disgrace. The defending was awful. I don't know if you saw their first goal mark for the Istanbul club, but then the bars on the halfway line, they've all pushed forward for a corner and he's just got the whole and a half to get to Hemerson and slot it in. You know, it's, it's performances like that that you look at it and you go, that's not Manchester United, is it? It shows that there isn't a harmony in the team itself. It's, you know, it's not just... It's not just with Oli. I don't think you can put it all down to Olshar at times because I think it, you know, it is also dependent on the players that are on the pitch. And like you say, that first goal, there's got to be a man on the halfway line. Simple as that's that's a basic rule, in my opinion. Really, when you're defending a set piece or when you're attacking a set piece, I should say, you're yeah. going to have someone back on the halfway line in case of that breakaway. And and for some reason, I don't know why. Every United players decided that they're not gonna not gonna do that, and uh, and it came back to to hit them hard, and uh, that's that shows that there's a lack of communication and a lack of harmony really between the players itself as well. Absolutely, Matt. So let's finish up with United before we move on. Now I'm going to talk a bit about the clash here. So should I stay or should I go now? What do you think, Mark? <laughs> um. Oh. I don't know. I like to say, if we're talking about Ollie, are we still talking about Ollie here when we say this? We are, yeah, but it's, I'm trying to do it in a sort of funny way of putting it. Trying to be witty again, yeah, yeah. You tried, you tried yeah. being witty last week, didn't you? That, that didn't go so well. Um, no. I, if it was me, if I was the owner, I suppose uh, it's it's still early. They've only had six games, haven't they? So in the in the actual Premier League, so it is it would be a bit harsh. I think it depends maybe where in the next few Premier League games how they go, and perhaps if you if you do want to give them time, you do also see if they qualify for the next next stage of the Champions League as well. Because if they if they were to drop out of the the group stage of the Champions League, that would be a real hammer blow based on how they started with the first two games. Absolutely. I'd give him till Christmas myself, but that's just me personally. OK, let's move on from Manchester United and their recent form. Now, I want to talk about Leicester City. Um, very interesting season again for the previous winners of the Premier League. Good win on, uh, a very good win on Monday, I should say, against Leeds United. 4-1 win. What do you make of Leicester's season so far? I think the stats don't lie, you know. The fact that they've they've won, obviously, five games from their first seven is is superb. And, and the actual tally that they've taken away from that is is their best start, or it was a better start the season than how they started when they won the Premier League four years ago. You know, that's that's not to be, um, not to be underestimated. 
you've got to recognise that that's a that's a squad on the on the rise and and have been over the last couple of years under Brendan Rodgers. He's doing a very solid job there, and he seems to have got the away form in particular. We talk about the fact that does, does away form home form really matter at this point? When you look at how Leicester have started, they've won all four of their away games this season. So it does matter to an extent because he's got that clicking, which is you know remarkable. He'll be a little bit concerned that the way they've started at home is a bit of an issue because they've only picked up one win out of their, their first three home games and lost the other two. But if he can get that settled, um, no doubting what, what there is in terms of that squad. And, and almost every position, I think, has a, a, a real quality player um, there for Leicester. And they've got the options to rotate. You know, they, you know, they didn't start with Madison and they haven't started with Madison for the last few games, I don't think, because they've got players like Pat who are in there. And, and he's a really good example of someone who who can slot in and, and do a really good job there. You know, Bardi doesn't need to start every week, in my opinion, um, because even when he comes off the bench, as he did against Arsenal the other, the other day, he makes an impact and goes and scores. So... They've got the depth there in that squad and they've got the rotation that, um, that if they need to do it, they do it and uh, and it pays off on the pitch and, and they're getting the results at the moment. So, I play to them. Yeah, five wins, um, two defeats so far in the Premier League going into week eight of the league. also want to mention how good they've been in Europe as well. Absolutely. 4-0 victory, victory last night, 2-1 victory last week and a three or four nil victory the week before. They're, they're really playing with such confidence at the minute. And like you say, you mentioned Vardy there. He just seems to get better with age, it feels like. It does, it? yeah. Guy's, what, 33? And um, and Probably still scoring that, yeah. week in, week out. I'm sure we've said it before. And, and you know, I, uh, you watch Match of the Day and Sky Sports and things, and they say it as well, that he is just, he, he keeps going at this age. And it's, it's absolutely phenomenal to beat defenders who are, five, ten years younger than him in some cases, a lot of the time in terms of his raw pace and uh, and his skill is is phenomenal. And he, and he keeps producing the goals. He'll be up there again um, for the golden boot. And it's his goals that will be instrumental to where Leicester finish. And hopefully they, they'll get over that hoodoo of the fact that they should have really finished in the top four last season. And didn't. and uh, hopefully, I think for them, the game now is if they can pick that top four once again. I think it's good to see a club like Leicester or someone else like really competing for that top four spot. It's just not the same clubs anymore. And it shows how maybe the Premier League is changing in many ways. You know what I was thinking? Varley actually reminds me of a bit of a racehorse. And you might laugh at this, but it's that, you know when the horses get down to the last furlong and that's when they put the burners on, don't they, to get to the line? He reminds me of that. Once that ball goes there and he's on the side of the fence, yeah. he's gone. He, he, the pace he has... At the age of 33 is ridiculous. And, you know, full, full um, credit to Vardy, how he's kept himself in shape. You know, he's still the, still scoring goals at his level. And he doesn't look like stopping any time soon. Obviously, they've had the England squad announced. I think it's quite a shame that he hasn't um, decided to come out of retirement because I think he'd be very good for England at the moment. But that's a position that is quite strengthened at the moment, playing that front. Yeah, we're fortunate anyway that we've got the option. And I, I, I respect his decision because he probably thinks that if he if he doesn't go back into the England squad, then he prolongs his club career. And that makes sense, I think, for him. But we've got, like you say, we've got the depth. And we spoke about it last week. that There are there is depth in numbers in the Premier League uh, for strikers that can play for England. And, and there are still people who are missing out. We spoke about Bamford, who's going to miss out, but you've got other ones like Callum Wilson who could fit that mould as well. Absolutely. It's, it's good to see us going forward with some good strikers up top now. Let's move on to this weekend, Mark. Big weekend in the Premier League before the international break, as we mentioned earlier. But we can't not talk about the clash on Sunday, live on Sky Sports at the Etihad Stadium between last season's runners-up of Manchester City and Liverpool. You can hear the aggression in my voice because I know this is going to be a good game. What do you think, Mark? Going into You'd Sunday like to hope it's a good game, wouldn't you? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's on paper. It's the two best teams. But there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of things actually going into this game make you wonder what's going to happen. You know, Liverpool... Yeah. Okay, yeah, the top of the table. I get that. They're, you know, they're, they're still uh, picking up wins all the time. But 
not not keeping clean sheets. They're having to come back from losing positions. They've done that twice in a row now, coming back from one nil down. And I get that that's a you know it's a great mentality that they're capable of that and they work until the very end. But if you're Klopp, there's got to be a concern that they are going behind in the first place. Surely. I mean, yeah, I think I've spoken a bit about Liverpool this season, where I probably mentioned like, I don't think they've been good in certain areas, haven't shown up yet this season. Played well in Europe. I think Europe's the only place where they really show their quality at the moment. So they're going to need to toughen up against a good Man City side. But on the other hand, Man City themselves have not really had that great of a start, have they? Sat down in ninth or tenth on 11 points. It's one of those games where they're both great clubs for reasons. They've got great players, but for some reason this season, they're not really showing what they're made of, I don't think. And we've not seen the best of either club. Absolutely. Yet. And I wonder if that's just coming with the, the, the time that we're living in at the moment when it comes to football. It's possibly the reason. Yeah. Um, and, and other teams are benefiting from that and, and having sort of better performances and better runs. Um, you know, teams like Southampton and, and Aston Villa and Everton we've seen at the start of this season have maybe produced that little bit better in this current climate. I don't know. And and, and Liverpool and Man City, not so much. Yeah, you, you know, when Man City aren't winning games convincingly or, or hitting those sort of 3-4-0, 5-0 wins that we've seen over the last few years. Liverpool aren't been that themselves and, and conceded far too many goals at this stage of the campaign. I get that that's probably down to one game in particular. They are conceding too many at the moment and Man City uh, aren't scoring enough at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a concern heading into this one, but you hear Liverpool versus Man City and uh, you do expect it to be a cracker. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to putting my prediction in later because I think people might be quite surprised with what I'm going to go for this game. Um, what do you think the game's going to play out as? What do you fancy? Just for me personally. I think it's going to be... I, I think there's going to be goals. I do, you know, I've, I've said it with every sort of team of the week. Every time we went I know, goals, I know, but this is different teams. The other two were both Man United and they've done nothing. So, they, at least this is Liverpool and Man City. And, and with the, the players on show, your Agueros, your Bernardo Silvers, Gabriel Jesus, all those options for City, Salah, Mane, Ergo Jota, who's in fine form, you know, proving his uh, his value was was worth it for Liverpool. Six goals in four games. There's players there that should score goals, and um, and I think this will be a really tight contest, and perhaps uh, perhaps one of the games of the season, let alone game of the week. I did say Diego. Jones you did, to be fair. Really you did. I will give you that one. Um, yep. I said it'd be a very good backup for. Mane or Salah, but at the minute he, he deserves to be in there. I'd be, yeah, I'd be potentially considering playing him through the middle at the moment. If you're scoring goals and you're in this form, then yeah. uh, Firmino, Firmino hasn't said yeah, anything. So, yeah, if Shotter keeps it going, then um, then I'd be starting him with, with Salah and Mane. Good stuff, Mark. Let's move on. I want to talk about Fulham. Their first victory on Monday against West Brom, a 2 0 victory at home with goals from. Ainger and I can't remember the other guy's name. <laughs> I keep doing research. Know you know what you're doing, don't you? <laughs> and that's Bobby it. Reed, that's why. Yeah, Bobby Reed. There we go. I keep doing that. I don't know why. It's like my mind goes blank when I'm trying to remember <laughs> the score lines. So yeah, Fulham become a team to win. Three more games. Three more teams that are still yet to pick up their first three points. Good win for Fulham, that Mark. Much needed. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's a massive confidence boost, I think, for for Scott Parker and his boys. We said that they they the they got the players um, you know, that they brought in, and the recruitment was was good, and it was gonna hopefully for them it, it needed to pay off eventually. Um, it needed to pay off in time, and unfortunately for them, it was just a case of that first half they just hit West Brom quick and easy, really, with those couple of goals uh, together, and and Ina's goal was a a bit of a cracker. To be fair to him. You know, I think I think a, a lot of teams, particularly in that situation, if you're West Brom and you're struggling, you know, if you get hit by two goals really quickly, um, it's not really a lot of recovery um, 
can be done, I think, and that's that's what that's what happened. So so fair enough to for them, good on them, and uh, and, and hopefully for them, they need to they need to start a run now. I think that's where they need to go and, and actually start building upon this. You know, they've got West Ham um, this week, and we've obviously said about West Ham have, have really produced against some of the big teams that they've had to play over the last four or five games. It was the two games early on in the season against some of the teams they should probably be competing with on paper in the Premier League. They actually stumbled and, uh, and maybe that's where them capitalised, perhaps. Possibly so. You know, we spoke a bit about Scott Parker and his future last week. Bit of, um, bit of animosity with him and the board, but that first win will hopefully settle things down and they'll look forward to moving on. Probably now they're probably looking at it thinking, we don't want the international break. We've got a bit of confidence now going forward. So, but I'm sure they'll pick up form again. They look they look quite good on Monday, actually. And the fact is, we spoke a bit about Loftus-Cheek before the start of the season. Obviously, he was doing a bit of reviews and previews where we thought it was going to go. And we mentioned that Loftus-Cheek would be a, a big player and he didn't even play a minute on Monday. So, you know, they've got the players there. So, hopefully, Fulham can build on with that win and uh, carry on the season. OK, let's round up, Mark. I've got a question for you. It's an interesting one. This is week eight of the Premier League season. Uh, we are eight games in. We're starting to play after this weekend. Who has impressed you most this season and who hasn't impressed you this season? I think my most impressed would probably be Southampton. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree I with think, that. Yeah. You know, they, they, they hit, were hit hard in the first couple of games um, and, and didn't quite get the results that they should have done. But since then, they've, they've turned it around and... and We've spoken a lot of times about the job that Hassan Hootel has, has done since in the last year or so. And he's done a phenomenal job and, and he's proved that. And, you know, reports are going around, articles uh, about could they potentially break into that top six? It's early days. It's, you know, it's, it is a, a big, big ask. ask. Of course it is with, with the teams on, on show and the, the calibre of teams there. But you don't see why not. They've done it before with managers since they've been in the Premier League where they've broken that top six, top seven mould under under Koeman, I think they did it, and maybe even Pochettino when they were there. So it's, it's possible. And and I, I know they're going to miss Danny Ings now for a few weeks, and that's going to be a real hammer blow. So you have to see how they how they get on without him. But if they, if they can carry on and, and still get some solid results, then who knows? Who knows where they could go? Um, Things that haven't impressed me. Uh, I mean, again, it would be easy to state the obvious and say Man United, I suppose, but um, maybe that was a little bit anticipated. Uh, I suppose you probably for I wouldn't mention any of the teams that got promoted um, from the Championship. I think that would be a little bit harsh on them. Thinking of, of maybe sort of the you know Burnley um, and Sheffield United. Based on what we know about them and what you know, what United, what Sheffield United did last season, uh, what Sean Dyche has done with Burnley, them two to be propping up the Premier League this early on, you know that's worrying times, and uh, and I think there's there's work to be done for those two. Absolutely, Mark. Now we are in the week of the U.S. presidential election, so get your voice on and let's do my prediction. <laughs> I realise that my voice is actually not, when I've listened back to this, it's not actually American. It's just Jeremy Clarkson. When he goes up like this, and he talks down like this. And it's Mark Either versus me, Charlie. Yeah. That's basically what I've gone for. But apologies to anyone. If, if there are any Americans that listen who think I'm trying to do an American accent, it's not actually what I've gone for. But um, this is obviously your predictions, and we're going to kick things off with a trip to the South Coast Friday afternoon uh, at Sky Sports Box Office, of course, rip-roaring £14.95 if you want to watch Brighton versus Burnley. Um, again, you look at Burnley, they've not played well this season. Brighton, Brighton were quite unlucky last week against Tottenham, I thought. They had good spells in the game. That penalty decision was, I mean, very questionable, I think, at times. And they were probably unlucky to come away without getting a point. But I can't see no way back for Burnley at the minute. They don't look like scoring many goals, don't look like playing well. 
We're going to go for a 2-0 home win. 2-0 to Burnley. Yeah, I think... 2-0 uh, to Brighton, sorry. I think the one thing that is benefiting yeah. Brighton, as you say, is is the goals that they are scoring. They have, you know, they're 16th in the table. They've scored 11 goals and they haven't had a game where they haven't scored a goal yet this season in the Premier League, whereas Burnley have only scored three goals all season, the worst, uh, joint worst in the Premier League so far. So, yeah, I would agree there. Uh, second game on Friday, two games on Friday night. Uh, this one is on Sky Sports, just regular television. Uh, Southampton, as we've said, who have, have setting the world alight in recent weeks, playing against a Newcastle side that, interestingly, before you make your prediction here, their form in the Premier League has gone win, loss, draw, win, loss, draw, win. So if it's going to carry on along that way, it's a, it's a, a loss for Newcastle, but you might say otherwise. Yeah, we'll go for a There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, only a 2-1 home win to Southampton. I think Southampton looked really good this season. Newcastle, like you say, very stop-start with form, but they do score a goal. So I think they're a big one. But 2-1 to Southampton. 2-1 Southampton. Try and keep that run. Mark, can I just say one thing before we move on? Very impressed with the idea now that they are going to get rid of the pay-per-view football, the full team Are they doing it? It's been reported that they are pretty much considering getting rid of it. So fair play. Yeah. It's been something that I've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I'm glad that, you know, someone's... Probably not listen to us, but listen in general to people. I think yeah. now with I, I, I understand it now with, with the next lockdown and the fact that we know, you know, at least for the next four weeks and probably beyond, we're not going to get to uh, the opportunity of any football games. So again, it's it's a thing that we've said. It's just harsh to to add that extra bit of money on top of what people pay for Sky Sports and BT Sport already. Absolutely. Move. How did I get on last with my predictions? Did you did, yeah, you got both. Again, you, you said the same thing that you did a couple of weeks ago when you got the Everton-Liverpool scoreline correct. And you text me yeah. when you got the first one because you got Wolves versus Crystal Palace. I did. Uh, spot on. You know, win for Wolves, which I was very happy about for my last man standing, by the way. Um, yeah, you got that one correct. And then you didn't get any other scorelines correct for the rest of the weekend. No. You got four other results correct because you got Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool and Tottenham all winning um, on the weekend. That Yeah, that was it. So it would be, if we're going by your one point uh, for a result and three points for a scoreline, you got seven points. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad I it's okay. Bad. We'll, we'll see if you can improve on that. Someone needs to get double figures, don't really. Fingers crossed you can do it. And we'll move on now to Saturday afternoon and the game that we've spoken about as what might be a a very important one for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's a trip to Everton, trip to Goodison Park, Everton versus Man United. Of course, Everton have now lost back-to-back games as well. So there's that extra element there that could make it interesting. Yeah. I I watched the game against Newcastle last week, which was the first half was... A real bore, wasn't it? There wasn't nothing really going on. But the two defeats in a row is quite worrying for Everton. You know, haven't won in three games because obviously it was a 2 2 draw before that. Um, can we get back to winning ways against Man United? I think Man United need the result a lot more than Everton do. But I just don't see Man United taking three points. So we're going to go for a 2 2 again. 2 2. Okie dokie. Interestingly, Man United's only wins this season in the Premier League have come away from home. So, uh, for that in mind, but we, we shall see. Uh, three o'clock yeah. kickoff on Saturday afternoon. It's a trip to Selhurst Park. It's Crystal Palace versus Leeds United. One all draw for this one. I see this being a draw, yeah. I think with the uh, sides of. I think okay, aren't they? You know, Leeds got hit by a bit of a hammer blow. Both doing all right, both yeah. on the exact same. Uh, only goal difference separates the two sides at the moment, ten points apiece. So there's a lot of inconsistency this season in the Premier League, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. 
seems to be the problem. So uh, we shall see. I think Crystal Palace just need to start getting shots on target because they can't do that at the moment. But yeah. uh, I need to do something yeah, definitely, going forward. Definitely. Uh, moving on to Sky Sports Premier League's 5.30 kickoff on Saturday afternoon. It's Frank Lampard's Chelsea versus Chris Wilder's Sheffield United. Chelsea have picked up four, haven't Indeed. they? Playing well, Chelsea at the minute. Really playing well. Sheffield United, you know, 1 0 against Man City last weekend was no hammer blow, was it? it, was a, it they played quite well, but I was watching, um, I don't remember if it was Match of the Day or one of the analyst programmes, but they were saying the amount of times that Sheffield United had the ball in good areas and just refused to cross the ball. They just wanted to pass it all the time. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about there. I think we both know. Um, but yeah, there's some, some things like that. You don't score if you don't put it in. Um, but I think we're going to go Chelsea 4-0. I can't see any way back for Sheffield United at the moment. That is a hammer blow. But I could see it. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, you know, just to reiterate what you were saying, it was simply a case of every time Sheffield United had the opportunity to put the ball in the box, when they had about four people in the box every time. It's not like they're not committing bodies forward. Just go for the easy route, the simple pass, uh, you know, four or five yards to the the side. So, yeah, you can't, you're not going to score if you don't put the ball in the box. And that was uh, downfall, really. Uh, moving on to Saturday evening, eight o'clock. It's a London derby. It's the West of the Ham versus the Full Ham. Thank you. Very good, Terrell. Uh, very good. <laughs> um, tough one, but we're going to go two-one West Ham. West Ham very unlucky last week against uh, Liverpool. Played really well again. They picked up good form recently. West Ham. Don't want to admit it, but they are playing well. Fulham, good resurgence, good victory the other night. But I think West Ham might just have a bit too much. So we we'll go for a hammer. I ball. hope you're right with that one because that is my tipped. For the weekend, my last man standing choice, West Ham to beat Fulham. So I hope you have got that correct again. You can see. Moving on to Sunday, four games all available through Sky Sports, two of them on Box Office, two on the main channels. Uh, West Brom versus Tottenham, mid kickoff on Box Office. 3 1 Tottenham. The first away win of the weekend of Tottenham. What's thinking behind that? Yeah, Tottenham playing well at the minute. They're playing really well at the minute, um, scoring goals. But I also think again they're another team that concedes. They don't keep clean mm. sheets at the minute, so I think they might go two or three up and then maybe concede a goal. But I just think West Brom at the minute. You know, I'm quite surprised with how they started. I know most people predict them to be quite low down, but I always thought that. Bilic in charge, he might get the best out of them, but at the moment they're not really showing what they're about. Agreed, yeah. Worst defence in the Premier League, so uh, that's the issue there. Worst worst defence in the Premier League, actually, versus best attack in the Premier League so far. Uh, So 3-1 scoreline, very acceptable, I think. Interesting that there's no team in the Premier League that are uh, conceding less than a goal a game on average. They're all conceding more, so... No, there's no one that's standing out in that sense, is there? That's the thing. Uh, moving on to the next game on Sunday, it's Leicester City versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Two o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League. Two-one home win. Yeah. Quite a tough game, Mister Cool. Quite, I say, evenly matched. They're both playing quite well at the moment, but. Just think Leicester's form at the minute. They're playing on a bit of a role. And I think they need to sort that home form out. And I think this might be the game where they finally sort it out. So we'll go for the home. Yeah, the thing is, like you say, it's the home form now that they need to rectify, as we mentioned. And uh, this would be certainly a good opportunity to do so. I won't talk about that for too long because we want to move on to what is the main event of the weekend, of course, 430 at the Etihad Stadium on Sunday, Manchester City versus Liverpool. And you said you had an interesting prediction. 3-1 to the away side again. Yeah, I just don't think City are... 
don't think City are with it this season. A lot of the races, and obviously there's that bigger rumour going around that Aguero and Jesus won't be fit, so they're going to lack that firepower. Obviously, Liverpool missing Van Dijk, but, you know, it's, if it's not Aguero or Jesus against Van Dijk or anyone like that, then they're going to struggle. I just fancy Liverpool to lick this one and score win quite convincingly. So, yeah, it's 3-1. Fair Liverpool. enough, yeah. Yeah, you do, you do wonder for Man City at the moment where the goals are going to come from if Aguero and Jesus aren't fit. You're relying on people like Foden or Ferdinand Torres, is it? Torres, Torres, sorry, to uh, get some goals. Yeah, so it's tough, and Sterling himself isn't really scoring either. So exactly, yeah, absolutely. If you're having to beat Sheffield United with a one goal that's come from your defender, great strike, by the way. But if that's if that's the goal that's uh, winning you games, or that's the player that's winning you games, it is a bit of a concern. Uh, so yeah, interesting prediction there from the Etihad. And moving on to the final game of the weekend, at, uh, the Emirates Stadium from the Etihad to the Emirates. It's Arsenal, who of course beat Manchester United with that one nil win on the weekend, their first win at Old Trafford in 15 years uh, against Aston Villa side, who very nearly came up from four nil down, to get a point against Southampton. Absolutely, it would have been an incredible fight back for Aston Villa. But 4 0 down at, was it 4 0 down at half time? Uh, just, or it was, they were yeah, I think it was down, just after half time they went 4 0 down, down, yeah. But yeah, you know, conceding goals like that isn't going to help you win games. But we go Arsenal 2 0, Arsenal looking good again, playing well, a bit of confidence. Yeah, 2 0 Arsenal win to round out the week before. Well, there you go, let's people. see how close you're going to be and if you. Uh, well, see which teams are going to be the ones to go into the international break with a bit of a, a positive upstep in their form, but we shall see. All right, moving away from the Premier League, we move on to the Championship now. The Championship is in action again as well before the international break kicks in. But we also have FA Cup action from the lower league. So go on, Mark. I'm going to take you over to you, Mark. You can take over and continue with your stats, statistics, all about the lower leagues. Thank you very much, Toby. Yeah, the big, the big story before we even go into sort of the results and things and upcoming games for the weekend is, uh, in my opinion anyway, is the news with Sheffield Wednesday. Of course, for those of you who didn't, didn't know, obviously they started the season with a 12-point deduction due to uh, breaking financial spending rules, EFL spending rules. Um, but in, in midweek, that deduction was reduced from 12 to six points. And that meant that all of a sudden uh, Sheffield Wednesday moved from minus one all the way up to five, which still keeps them at the foot of the table, but are now four points uh, adrift from safety instead of 10, basically. And um, in my opinion, this is a bit of a ludicrous thing. And and I'm going to possibly sound a little bit biased coming from a Cholton perspective and knowing that uh, we could have potentially stayed up had the deduction uh, taken place last season when when the news actually broke. But it's a bit of a kick in the teeth and a bit of a, a strange thing to do when we're 10 games into the season. And I wanted to get your thoughts, Charlie, on why you think the EFL have done it all of a sudden and do you think it's the right thing to do when you're, at, when you're partway through a season as well? If I knew that, I could tell you, but... For me, I don't really understand why they've done it 10 games in. You made the decision before the season started. You said this was going to happen. Okay, everyone's going to appeal things. But the least you could do is wait until the end of the season or do something. But putting it 10 games in is is ridiculous for me. And and the worst thing is as well, it always seems like when something happens, we play the next team because we travel to Hillsborough tomorrow to play them. And they'll be in full confidence now knowing that they're on plus points rather than negative points. So... You know, I, I can't understand why they've done it now. It makes no sense in the slightest. It is a bit ludicrous, yeah. And they're not only just going to be in confidence because of that, but also the fact that they won their first game in five uh, in midweek, beating Bournemouth by a goal to nil, which was also their first win at Hillsborough since February um, when they beat Cholton in the championship at the time. So that's also going to give them some confidence knowing that uh, they're playing against you at Hillsborough. But... Yeah, just I, I, for some reason, I, you know, I, I feel hard done by a little bit as a Cholton fan. I feel hard done by uh, perhaps if you're a Wigan fan as well, 
um, obviously with their scenario, okay, their punishment is probably a little bit more severe than than what Sheffield Wednesday have, have gone through. But I feel like if you're going to make the bed for them, you're going to put them in that position. You got to stick with it, yeah, and not overturn things. And it probably is a little bit more of that EFL. You know, we're we're all we all have our opinion on the EFL and how they operate things, and uh, and some of their decision making. And with that, it's just another thing that's a little bit ludicrous to me. Yeah, I just don't understand it, mate. And I think a lot of people have very low expectations of the EFL, and I think for many people, their expectations is going even lower and lower and lower now. You know, the organisation itself, it's not really run too well, is it? It's not handled no. very well. We've seen clubs go out of extinction, liquidation, administration, point deduction over the last few years. And they're not just small clubs. They're big clubs with big histories, proud histories. You know, we've seen the likes of Berry and Macclesfield going to extinction. It's sad times for football when, you know, like jokers at the EFL try and run football. Absolutely, yeah. It's just another thing that uh, that tips the scales uh, away from, I suppose, fans trying to, to support them. It, it is what it is. And as we say, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday are going to start to feel a little bit positive and they won in midweek and, and broke uh, Bournemouth's uh, unbeaten start to the season. The last team in all of England that were, were unbeaten at the start of the season finally suffer a defeat at the hands of a Barry Bannon penalty for Sheffield Wednesday. It means that Bournemouth dropped down to fifth in the championship. Uh, they were overtaken by a number of sides that had some decent results. Watford, just about stealing a injury time winner in midweek against Stoke. is maybe a Saar with a goal that made it 3-2 for the Hornets. Norwich and Swansea continued good unbeaten runs. Swansea now unbeaten in five after picking up four points from their previous two games. The same applies for Norwich, but they're now unbeaten in six. And interestingly, uh, Swansea second, Norwich third. That's the the last game for those two sides before the international break. So a good test for both Mark Cooper, Swansea, and Daniel Farkas, Norwich City there. Uh, the one team that are above them, I'm sure you're going to mention, we're going to talk about those two in a moment, but the one team that are above them, uh, Reading, who we've bigged up for the last few weeks and uh, we were speaking about their run of form and how far can it go for them. They go and suffer back-to-back defeats and we may have just jinxed them a little bit. Potentially so, but I did say last week that their form wouldn't go on forever and they were going to go for a bad patch. So maybe with the international break coming up, I know I've mentioned it a few times, but maybe it could be a much-needed international break, refresh the players, refresh the bones and get ready to go again after the international break's over. Um, you know, they play Stoke tomorrow live on Sky. Quite a tough game. Stoke have started pretty well. Sat in their local place on 15 points. I think the Championship this season is... Uh, I think it's anyone's league. Anyone can take it, whoever wants it. But I think Reading, yeah, I wouldn't say the wheels have come off yet, but I'd say they're slowing down a little bit. Three points clear of Reading. Probably could can be overtaken tomorrow if, if Swansea get a result. And obviously Reading... Uh, get defeated so you know we could have a very different season depending on going into the international break Absolutely yeah I, I, I suppose just I didn't expect you know you say about the wheels didn't fall off and fair enough that you know it would be uh, wrong to say that they have after two defeats but did did you expect them to lose both of these games in the manner that they lost them to uh, to Coventry who obviously down there at the foot of the table and a Preston side that you know, they're a good team under uh, Alex Neal still there at the club, but haven't really set the world alight at the start of this season. Can't say I've seen too much about Coventry this season. Obviously, struggled a fair bit, but that, that result will give them a massive boost. Preston on Tuesday, when I saw it was 3 0, I was quite surprised because obviously I mentioned last week about us playing Preston and how poor they were in large parts of the game. Had one shot on target, but I've also noticed this about Preston. They played five home games. Lost every single home game, but only scored one goal. There's a good stat for you. Wow. Yeah. I'm just going back through it now. Yeah. Yeah. Blimey. So we say about home form being out of the window, but uh, yeah, that is a that is an interesting stat there. So their away form is doing the job for them. Absolutely. Yeah. But they need to pick that home form up very, very soon if they're going to challenge for that top six place. I want to talk about another team in the championship now, one that we have quietly gone about their business uh, in the championship since 
the opening day of the season, losing to Watford in what was the, the first game of the, the championship season. They've since gone about their business with nine games unbeaten. That's uh, Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough. They're not scoring goals. Um, they've only scored nine goals all campaign, but they've got the best defence record in the division and only conceded five. And uh, they sit in sixth, 17 points, just two points outside the automatic promotion places. Is that a typical Neil Warnock side there, just going about their business quietly? You took the words right out of my mouth, I think. That's what it is, isn't it? It's just typical Neil Warnock in the Championship Club. They stay up last season, come in this season, got some stability, got some fresh blood in. And Warnock's showing the results of, OK, they're not scoring goals, but I expect the Somber longer to start chipping in with some soon. But, you know, it's just it's just Neil Warnock, isn't it? You, you can't really put anything else on it. It's just what he does at this level. He knows how to get teams playing in the championship, stabilise them, get them up the table. So, full credit to Neil Warnock and Middlesbrough and what they're doing this season. Like you say, uh, nine games unbeaten. Absolutely. And, you know, they've kept back-to-back clean sheets in those two games this weekend, uh, beating Nottingham Forest, who are you know, trying to get a bit of a resurgence under Chris Hewton, and then a, a draw against Blackburn, who we've, we've mentioned on a number of occasions, one of the best uh, attacking outfits in the division, still the best uh, on paper. So fair play to them. They're doing the job. Uh, Bristol City now sitting outside the uh, playoffs after another defeat this weekend against Norwich. They did finally end a run of five games without a win uh, in midweek, beating Huddersfield. Your boys, Millwall, now dropped out of the uh, the playoffs yourselves. Not a good weekend for you, losing 3-0 to Huddersfield and then a goalless draw against Norwich. Is that you know, a bit of a dampener for you? Yeah, I think we've, we've suffered a bit. I'd, I'd, I'd take the point away at Norwich. I, I think we haven't won at Norwich since 1964. So we have a, a awful record plan at Carrow uh, Road. So a point was always going to be there and something that we wanted. So I'd take that. Huddersfield, I just don't think we played that well against Huddersfield. I think maybe we was a bit on a high against uh, Preston. Obviously coming off of a good couple of games we played and then we just had that real dampener that just put... Um, you know, a bit of a low point on the season, but God, trip to Hillsborough tomorrow, as I spoke about. Tough game, but if we can get a result out of it, we're back in the playoffs and we're looking good again. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, Wednesday now, hoping to hit a bit of form at the foot of the table and get themselves out of the relegation zone. Another side that hit a good bit of form uh, this weekend with not only their first win of the season, but back-to-back wins was uh, Wickham Wanderers beating Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham. What's your take on that? They're playing to Gareth Haynes to a funny side. You know, we spoke a bit about them being the whipping boys and, you know, being relegated on their own and, you know, being nowhere near anyone else. But they've, they've started fantastically. They, they was all right. They, I think, what was it, five or six games they lost on the trot? Uh, they, 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 yeah, but they played well in them games. They didn't. They wasn't really spanked or anything. They, they played well at times. I think now they're getting used to the championship level, the demands of the division. It's a lot different to League One. It's a lot more fast-paced. You know, the quality is a lot better. So, but you know, fair play to what they're doing. I, I know it's going to be a real struggle this season. I, I still think most people will predict them to go down, but they're giving it a good show. And two defeats on the trot will give them real confidence going into the weekend and there and on beyond, obviously. Yeah, two wins on the trot. Yeah, the only the only real hammering that they took, I think, was five uh, 0 against Blackburn on the the second yeah. game of the season, and and since then, you know, they've they've given they've given teams runs for their money. You know, they gave you a, a good show yeah, and, and like, Norwich as well. Stuff, yeah. yeah, so you know, it was bound bound to happen at some point that they were going to start to to get a little bit of form going, sit a point outside the relegation zone now uh, in twenty second after Derby uh, dropped into twenty third. They're six games without a win. Uh, things looking very bleak if you're Philip Koku and Derby County, of course. Coventry outside the uh, relegation zone, eight points themselves. Nottingham Forest are uh, in 20th after a, a 2-1 win against Coventry. Move them above there with that 97th minute penalty from Lyle Taylor. Uh, Nottingham Forest versus Wickham on the weekend. So that's going to be a, an interesting game. Another game that I have picked out, um, we said about Middlesbrough doing very, very well, but they have a tricky game against Brentford at Brentford's new ground. And this is, we've said it before, but this is a Thomas Frank side that that needs to start picking up results if they want to be where they were last season. Yeah, I mean, there's no real worry at the moment. Sat on 15 points after 10 games. 
two points off the playoffs. So they're not far away at the moment, are they? They're, they're right there, but there's something something lacking, I think, at the minute with Brentford. Ivan Tony stepped up to championship level very well. I think he's got 10 goals this season. So scoring goals isn't the problem, but I think it's the other end where they can see them again. So they need to put a stop to that before they rise up the table. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it because there are only four points that uh, separate second uh, second place Swansea from 11th place Stoke and Brentford are in that. So yeah, maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend for the Championship and we'll see who comes out with a, a bit of a wave of moment, momentum Sorry, heading into that international break. So stuff for the Championship. We'll move down and review... League One and League Two before we talk about, uh, of course, the, the FA Cup that's going to be taking place for these two leagues and, and all the non-league sides coming into it as well. But, uh, Peterborough, once again, they kept up a tremendous run of form and actually moved to the top of the League One table now with a 5-1 win against Shrewsbury, uh, followed it up with a 2-0 victory against Bristol Rovers. It's now eight unbeaten, uh, seven wins from those eight games. They're, you know they're on fire, and uh, they've got a, they've got a cluster of teams sitting behind them. And obviously, I'm going to mention this because Cholton are one of them at the moment. But you it's can't which... not mention them, yeah. You can't, <laughs> them. you can't mention it, yeah. You can't not mention them, of course, when we're in the, the form that we are. But Ipswich, Cholton, and Lincoln all just three points behind at the moment uh, on 22 apiece. You know, out of those sort of teams that are there, if you look at Hull and Sunderland and Portsmouth as well, we said about the, the top seven, how close they are together. You know, who's standing out at the moment for you as a, a, a top prospect and, and maybe going to start to pull away from the rest? I'd probably say your team, Charlton, at the moment, on form. Six, six, uh, you think um, within three weeks ago, you was stuck on was it, four points and now you've got six wins on a trot, many clean sheets. At the minute, you're you really untouchable. Um, probably a close... I didn't see much of the game on Tuesday night. just saw a match report. Tuned up after half an hour and conceded two goals, what was it, in a couple of minutes? So that was a bit of a worry, mm. but got the victory in the end and you're firing all cylinders at the minute. You look quite untouchable. So it's a fair play to your guys. Obviously, we spoke a lot in the summer and the early podcasts about all the troubles that were going on and obviously the takeover and bits and pieces, but... I'd say your team starting to play really well. Peterborough looked good. I can't really see, if I'm being honest, that top seven, maybe up to Doncaster and Knight changing this season. I think that might just be where League One stands this season because, or maybe I mean maybe add Fleetwood as well. I think the top ten. I don't think anything will change from the top ten, maybe position wise, but I can't see that top ten really going any lower than what they are because they, they, they look the top 10 sides in the league and there's some real quality in there I think Yeah I'd agree I mean I'm talking of the game on Tuesday against Fleetwood Charlton versus Fleetwood I watched it and uh, in my opinion Fleetwood were probably the the best side that I've seen against us this this season so far uh, maybe with the exception of Doncaster but that was a very different Charlton team on that day but that was that was a really competitive game and, and uh, we've always said that Joey Barton's got a good little setup and a good squad of players at that team so they'll be up there for me but you look at the, the League One seasons over the last few years and I was looking at the sort of final standings and uh, it always does seem to be seven teams break away from everyone else and they're the ones that are battling and, and it means that someone misses out on the playoffs but always tends to be the way that those the six or seven teams just break away from everybody else so it'll be interesting to see if that's the case again one team that are just outside of that top uh, top 10 and I want to mention them because it's been a, a good week really if you're uh, an AFC Wimbledon fan not only did you uh, pick up a point against local rivals, uh, I say local rivals, just arch rivals, MK Dons, uh, on the weekend, but they made a return to what fans consider their spiritual home of, of Plough Lane on the on in midweek and got a draw against Doncaster. Um, obviously, you know, before we were supporting our teams, you know, you had the stories of Wimbledon and the Crazy Gang, their success in the sort of late 80s. Um, and, and they hadn't been at Plough Lane since I think it was 1991. You've, both of us, before we became fans of Charlton and Millwall, knew about our clubs moving to different stadiums and things. 
that Wimbledon have had the same, how good must it feel for them to be back where they belong? It's their, it's their spiritual home, isn't it? It's it's their place, it's their home, it's their ground. You know, they must have a real fire in their bellies now to get into that stadium. And it, it's a shame, isn't it? You move into a new stadium. It's a bit like Brentford, isn't it? You go into a new stadium, no one can watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It, it, it must be horrible to have something like that. You know, you've got the new... The facilities must be very good, you know. They had a, Kings Mellow was a very low stadium, wasn't it? It was probably non-league level stadium. Which yeah, I think so. Actually, wasn't nothing spectacular. So, but the pictures I've seen of Plough Lane look really exceptional, and you know they're gonna have far in their bellies going forward because they're all gonna love playing there. And it's their home and fair play to Wimbledon and what they're doing. They're a, they're a very good club, and I think it's that sort of club where you have a little soft spot for, isn't it? I do, yeah, yeah. I like I like obviously seeing how far they've come in such a short space of time to get back to the football league, and you you consider them now they are a football league club, and they will always, in my opinion, always sort of be around League One and League Two. They might need a bit more investment if they want to push on, but they'll always be around this area. And their spirits won't have been dampened too much by the fact that uh, James Coppinger scored an injury time equaliser in midweek to uh, to get Doncaster a point on the day. But good stuff for uh, for Wimbledon fans, and hopefully they get back into Plough Lane very very soon. Um, the one other big sort of mention in League One is uh, the team that are now propping up the table. We haven't really spoken much about the relegation zone in League One because a lot of the teams have sort of got games in hand because of COVID situations. But now Wigan, um, obviously relegated from the Championship last season, after 11 games, bring up the foot of the table. And we knew it was going to be tough for Wigan this season, but did we think it was really going to be this bad? Um, I think we knew they would struggle this season. Um, but they did avoid a points deduction, which was obviously added on to last season's um, tally. Uh, it's a tough one because if you look at their squad, the squad's full of some experienced pros and some very young pros. So they probably don't have the depth there in the squad that they would have liked. But I don't think many people expect them to struggle like this. I said maybe they would have been around the relegation zone, but I don't think they would have been bottom going into you know, the FA Cup weekend. Yeah which is obviously a, a good, fair chunk of the season in already. Well, when you've had, you know, you've gone, you're going seven games without a win as well. You know, that's that's dark times. And you look at some of the teams that they've lost to as well. They're teams that are going to be in and around that relegation fight too. They've lost to MK Dons, Northampton, Crew, and they're all teams that are sitting just outside of the relegation zone at the moment. So, you know, that's got to be worrying for John Sheridan and his men. It feels like it could be another situation like Bolton. Yeah. You know, when the Premier weren't in the Premier League that long ago, got relegated to the Championship, financial difficulties, ownership problems, got relegated to League One, and then from there it just spirals out of control. And before you know it, you're in League Two and you're struggling to get your way back again. Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's let's hope that's not the case for Wigan because with everything that they did do with with their Premier League antics and, and winning the FA Cup only seven years ago. You know, there's hope that they've, they do get back to uh, to some sort of security in League One, at least. Uh, moving on just to League Two now, and uh, not much has really changed in terms of the league table. The top three are still the same. Newport, Cambridge and Forest Green keeping hold of automatic promotion for the time being. Uh, Carlisle, Exeter are in the uh, playoffs at the moment. Exeter, nine games unbeaten, uh, moving themselves up into fourth. Matt Taylor, former Charlton player as well, doing a, a solid job there. Uh, Cheltenham also in there, and Port Vale moving uh, into it with three wins in a row. Crawley kept that home run going. We said about uh, their 13 yeah, home games did. in a row. That's extended to 14 after beating Cambridge, funnily enough, the side that are in second. So they're sitting just outside of the uh, of the playoffs and Salford. I want to mention Salford because uh, a new manager was appointed for them uh, in midweek. It was uh, Richie Wellens, who, funnily enough, is, is is another one that's left a League One side because he's left Swindon, who he won League Two with last season, to to drop down a league and and go into League Two with Salford. What do you make of the appointment? I think it's another one where they they've seen pound signs over reality because. You know, Salford are not exactly short on money, are they? And it's a huge financial backing there with the class of 92 and the other guy who has a, a big equity mm. and stake of the club. 
But I just don't understand why you'd leave a club from League One to go to a lower league. Like, you're basically starting all over again. It makes no sense. Especially when he, you know, he's got out of that league with Swindon only a few months ago as well. Yeah, I suppose there was that intrigue. Maybe can he do it again? Because obviously he knows the league quite well. But I just don't understand managers these days. It's, it's quite... They're bizarre, aren't they? You know, it's a bit like the Owen Doyle transfer, wasn't it? Went up with Swindon. True. Played fantastically. Top goal scorer. Now sitting with Bolton, who haven't really started that well themselves. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, uh, funnily enough, Richie Wellen's first game uh, for Salford, first league game, I should say, comes uh, next Friday away at Bolton um, on Sky Sports. So that should be uh, an interesting affair. But he's currently got Salford sitting 10th just outside the playoffs. Paul Scholes didn't do a, a terrible job with them as an interim manager. So it'll be interesting to see what Richie Wellens does there. And there was another managerial sacking in League Two um, because uh, Mike Jackson left Tramere after losing 1-0 to Morecambe on Saturday. And then Tramere went and picked up a win against Harrogate, Harrogate Town in mid Weak. Uh, Southend still bringing up the foot of the table. Mansfield still without a win, despite uh, sacking their manager. So, still dark times for them at the foot of the table. Yeah, let me just talk about Mansfield because while we was had a few problems with our audio, I checked on Twitter and they have announced Nigel Clough as their new manager. Wow, that's a good appointment in my opinion. What do you make of that? Yeah, exceptional, I'd say. Very knowledgeable manager, been around Championship League One for a very long time. Been out of a job for a while, I'd say, but I think the challenge at somewhere like Mansfield, where they have a bit of backing compared to most sides, I think he'll flourish there. It's going to be a tough season because they've been really poor this season, but get some stability in this season and maybe go for it next season. I think. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's a very good appointment, I have to say, for Mansfield. Someone who, uh, who knows the Football League inside and out does Nigel Clough um, so we'll see how he fares but obviously he's got uh, FA Cup to look forward to before the uh, the Football League because it is the first round this weekend of the FA Cup and uh, it brings the non-league and the Football League together League 1 and League 2 joining a number of you know very obviously very surprising sides teams that you know you wouldn't ever envisage playing a lot of the time unless it's the FA Cup and uh, some interesting fixtures there. I wonder, uh, uh, did you get to see, have you seen the draw? Is there any games that you think that's that's quite an interesting affair? Um, I'm not really paying much attention, to be honest, to the FA Cup, because obviously with the local um, government restrictions, there's going to be games that will be cancelled because of there not being elite sort of games. But just have a look through our, our local side, Bromley, playing over. Yeah. I know, it's, I, know it's, I know it's two National League teams playing, but that's still quite a big game and the opportunity to get some money going into the next round. Um, Boreham playing Southend. Southend really poor. Southend playing really poor at the moment. Boreham could get there's a, a win. There's a few games in there where there's a non-league side versus the football league side and you actually think the non-league side could go and cause the upsets. Yeah, also some big games. Looking at it, yeah. Portsmouth, very... Oxford, Peter Brano, Oxford have started very poorly, but FA Cup's a different story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's going to be some really interesting games there. You look at Nigel Clough, I don't think he'll be in charge tomorrow, but they face a trip to Sunderland, very big game. It's going to be interesting. I think FC United and Manchester playing Doncaster on the telly, that's an interesting one. I think, you know, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? And anything's possible, the FA Cup. We love the FA Cup. Absolutely, yeah. So if, if you're not interested in watching any Premier League football this week and you, weekend and you want something a bit different, then uh, a number of the FA Cup games are available, uh, one through BT Sport or through BBC and uh, all on digital platforms as well if you if you subscribe. Great stuff, Mark, rounding off the FA Cup. Now, if you didn't know, Mark, this, there is a very, very local club playing in the FA Cup on Sunday and they're playing Hamilton Waterloo and it's Cray Valley Paper Mills. Now, they play a Badgers sports ground in Elton. Really? Yep, they are in the FA Cup first round, yeah. I never realised that. And they have, no. they have a very old Kevin Lisby in their squad, Mark. <laughs> no way, Kevin Lisby. Ex-Cholton yeah. and Millwall. Yeah. Oh, 
That's big a shame fan of the darts as well, Mark. Big fan of the darts as well. He is, yeah. Forget that we, uh, of course, we met him at the darts. Got a got a good little handshake with Kevin Lisby. Top man, top man. It's been a good podcast this week, Mark. I've really enjoyed getting to grips with you know the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, and also Randolph for the FA Cup. Um, this is going to be a weekly podcast as usual. Uh, next week we will just have a little bit of a review from the week before and and obviously the week after we will go for the Premier League because of the international break. Um, like I say, we have this podcast coming out today. You'll see it as of late Friday afternoon, uh, Friday evening. We also have the podcast with our friend Thomas coming out on Monday, the Tenable Quiz, which we hope you'll enjoy. Um, so yeah, Mark, any words to say before we go? No, just uh, once it's reiterate, of course, the same sort of things that we do every time. Just please, you know, give us any support, any encouragement that you can. Give us a like, share on any social media platforms. And of course, if you want to take part, please let myself or Charlie know. It'd be greatly appreciated, especially in these difficult times where there's going to be a lot of us with not as much to do effectively. So if you do want to get involved and, and talk all things football, then then please let us know. Absolutely. I know Mark has a lot of quizzes in his back pocket ready to go. Obviously, we'd like people to come and talk about their club, have a bit of fan chat, whatever you like. We're up for anything, you know. We always like trying new ideas. So, if you'd like to come on, just give us a message on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll hope to see you all soon. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>